to Studs. I'm Daniel Lazar. Studs explores and honors working. It also honors the life of the oral historian and legendary Chicago radio host, Studs Terkel. And in my... This is what? not Studs. Oh, that's this right. This is Studs Shorts. Studs Shorts. And in Studs Shorts, we... You, you tell them. Studs Shorts is when well, we... Well, Studs Shorts is when we have the episodes just not so long. They're not that long. Yeah, but they're pretty long. <laughs> okay, okay. So these are going to be shorter episodes, and, and that's going to be yeah. different. Well, and it's not just interviews with people with... Like normal jobs, right? Yeah. It's yeah. interviews with people whose jobs are like a little... Awkward or something. <laughs> you think they're awkward? Yeah, maybe uh, a little. How else would you describe it? Maybe they're not awkward. What are their jobs? Yeah, they're like... A little... Different. Just different. Yeah, just maybe, different. Maybe, maybe weird. Yeah, maybe we are, but very different, too. So it'll be a little bit weird and a little bit different, and um, we'll still have our regular Studs episodes on Mondays, right? Yeah. The ones that apparently are too long? Yes. <laughs> but then we'll have these episodes, which are going to air on... Are we going to do it every Thursday? Yeah, every Thursday. Okay. So this is our first stud shorts, and I don't know, how long do you want these things to be? Like, well, what's the goal? Give them at least, like, uh, not as long as the actual ones. <laughs> but what do you think? Like, like 10 minutes, 20 minutes? 10 minutes, yeah. Hey, Maddie, do you have any, like, professions... Of like, you know, like people who have jobs that are a little like weird or awkward or different that you think oh, yeah. I should try to like, who should I try to get on the podcast? Definitely get the person that teaches the laundry baskets how to dance tango. You say there's a person who gets laundry baskets to dance tango? Yep. It's crazy, but they also get pigs to put their pants on, so it's awkward. It is awkward. You know who I really want to get on the podcast? Who? And I think I got a lead. Uh, my friend Kevin in Japan, they have these people who warm up the bed for you, like at a hotel before you get mm. in the bed. They're, they're like, they're like sheet warmers. They call them sheet warmers. And if you have lots of money, you can like pay someone to warm up the bed. So when you come home, <laughs> the, the, the hotel bed's all warm. I'm going to get one of those people on. Oh, sounds interesting. Now, welcome to Studs Shorts. I hope you like it. Oh, wait one second. Not so fast. Why? I forgot to tell them about the Patreon thing. Remember I told you about the Patreon oh, thing? Oh, yeah, the Patreon thing where you give money if you want to. If you want to. Yeah, but just if you want to. But should they give money? They don't have to, but they can. It would be nice, right? Yeah. Like if they, if they support. We could get a goldfish. <laughs> Will this be our goldfish fund, the Patreon fund? Or they could, they could donate money to feed the hamster. Yeah. What if I just take their money and buy beer with it? Mm. What if we buy the hamster beer? Well, I'm making our hamster pastries, so I think she has enough already. You're making your hamster pastries? Yeah, on Sunday. Oh. So head over to patreon.com slash studs. And if you got a couple bucks that you want to donate to the podcast, that'll be great. And if not, then the poor hamster won't get any pastries. She will. It's a class. You're taking a... Hamster pastry class. You're taking a hamster pastry class? Yeah. You know who we should get on the podcast? The person who teaches hamster pastry classes to kids. Okay. She also teaches farts, and she also teaches poop. 
Oh, is this the woman you took the, the the online class about farts with? Yeah. We should we should get her on the show. Really? Yeah. Why not? It's an interesting job. It's kind of different, right? Yeah. Okay, so head over to patreon.com slash duds, and if you got a couple bucks, you can share with the podcast. If not, take a free ride. It's okay, right? Yeah, it's okay. We still love you. Yeah. Okay. So, oh. should we start now? Yeah, how, do you, how should we start? What do you say? to like? All right, have fun with the podcast. Here we go. Here we go. Thanks for doing this, Maddie. I appreciate it. Y'all welcome. Howard Maple, welcome to Studs. You've got a unique occupation. How do you describe what you do? Thank you, Dan. Thanks for having me here. I really appreciate it. Um, I do have a unique occupation. I'm a professional pet eulogist. If I, if I were to sort of be a, a little more verbose, I, I would say that I'm a certified pet funeral celebrant. I use my my passion and my expertise to immortalize animals, whether they have fur, fins, scale, or feathers. They made such a huge impact on our lives. Hmm. You know, I, I, I like to think of myself as a a love channeler of sorts. I, I know you, and I know how much love you you have in your heart. Indeed, I've had the good fortune of knowing you for some time and I know how successful and dare I say sought after you are as a pet eulogist but I don't know that I actually recall how you got started in the job I'm sure you've told it a thousand times but can you share the Genesis story yeah I'm, I'm happy to of course I'm happy to share uh it was a long time ago. It was uh, when I was six years old. Actually, when I was exactly six years old, because it was my birthday party, and my parents had given me a fish. You know, at six years old, it's kind of it's a mark of maturity to take care of something else. Right, right, right. I loved, I loved that fish. Every morning, I'd share breakfast with the fish and. And, you know, she'd eat a few flakes of food, and I'd drink my Ovaltine. And uh, on the weekends, I'd change her bowl, give her some fresh water. It was a real special time for us. You know, we'd use that time, we'd share our hopes and our thoughts and our dreams with one another. And then one day, I I got a little choked up when I think about this, but... Hmm. Are you okay to go on? I don't want to put you in an uncomfortable position. I'm I'm okay. Thank you. There's this one day I was changing her bowl. And I made a mistake. Instead of putting her in room temperature water, I put her in scalding hot water. You have to understand, we didn't have thermometers back then, so there's no way I could have known. Anyways, she uh, she died mercifully. I was I was devastated. Yeah. I mean, even though we'd only known each other for 17 days, I felt like I I had lost a best friend. My parents could see that, and they 
they had an idea. They said, why don't, why don't we hold a funeral? Yeah. So, uh, Wise. yeah, it really was. I needed it. So, uh, you know, a, a day or so later, we all gathered around the toilet. My parents asked me if there's anything I'd like to say, you know, before we said goodbye to Whoopi Goldfish. And, uh, I said, yes. I stepped forward and they just poured my heart out. And, um, when it was done, I, I looked over at my parents and they were just, they were in shock. My mother, she just pulled me in and, and she started hugging me and told me that it was the most beautiful thing she'd ever heard. And, and that's when I knew I had a gift. And then, uh, years later in college, I was, I was sitting in the waiting room of our town vet, um, with our, our yellow Labrador waiting to be seen. And, and I noticed this woman, she was, she was sitting next to me. She was just sobbing. And I, I leaned over and I asked her what was wrong. And she told me about an accident that happened earlier that morning. Oh, no. Oh, yeah, no. yeah. She had mistaken the family hamster for a ball of lint and, and sucked them up in their vacuum cleaner. Oh, family nightmare. Yeah. Just devastating. She, she was there at the vet, desperately hoping that they could do something for her. Um, but I looked down at that Ziploc bag of fur and bones that she had in her lap, and I told her that no one else would. I said, listen, Marjorie, Fuzz Aldrin isn't coming back. He's dead. I'm so sorry. But I think I can help you. And uh, a week later, I was in her backyard with her bridge club saying goodbye in a way that, that only, only I know how. She was a lucky woman, Marjorie, wasn't she? She was. I mean, to, to have met you, of course, right? Yes. And it seems like ever since then, this has become a full-time job. I have to ask, like, what motivates you to do this day after day? Hmm. It just seems so taxing. What keeps you going? It is. I mean, the, the answer is, is pretty simple, Dan. Uh, that, you know, a funeral, it's a chance to say goodbye, and it's a, it's a very important part of the healing process. And that's why when we're doing this, it's the sacred moment. We really have to choose our words carefully. And... Uh, you know, most people can't be trusted with such an important task. You know, for example, you might expect this, but I, I work with a lot of children. You know, much like my own story, a lot of kids lose their pets when they're young. Right, right. And, and you know, for so many of them, they haven't, they, they don't know how to express themselves. Many of them, they can't write, and well, even more of them, they just, just can't write well. Yeah, kids. I mean, these days especially, right? Oh, yeah. They, they don't even know vowels. Useless. It's terrible. Uh, but, but I'm, you know, thankful I'm there yeah. to help, help them sort of put these feelings into words. Like, for instance, the other week, I was consoling this little five-year-old girl who had recently lost her parakeet. And uh, the two of us were sitting there at her dining room table. It's kind of my initial sort of consulting interview. So we were sitting there and we were having a tea party. And I asked her, you know, what did she want to say? And she very sort of gently reached into her pocket and she pulled out a scrap of construction paper and put it on the table. And she slowly slid it over to me. And 
I picked it up and looked at it and it said, I loved her so much. Much was spelled M-U-T-C-H. Ah, oh, for the love of God. I know. That's, the, like, that's, what, I, that's, that's what I'm working with here, right? So, uh, so, you know, I kept it together. I folded the paper and I put it in my pocket. And I looked over at her and I said, Olivia, what we're doing here is we're, we're making stone soup. Yeah, yeah. You know that book, right? And she, she nodded. Yeah. I said, I, I need you to contribute a carrot. But all you're doing is dropping in turds. Oh, so glad you said that to her. Yeah, and she got it. She needed to hear it. She got it. She cried. She cried a little bit, yeah. but she got it. Yeah. It's part of, you know, it's how you learn. Growing up. Yeah. It's tough work. Yeah. I, it is tough work. And I'm sure you've been asked about this a thousand times, but how would you describe your process for developing eulogies for these beloved family members? Really? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah that's what they are. Yeah. yeah. I think it's, the process has changed over the years. Mm, of course. You know, like, like any great artist, you, you draw inspiration from the world around you and the world changes, so you, you change with it. I recall that, you know, there was a time in the late 80s that I was attending a lot of bar mitzvahs. Do you know what a bar mitzvah is, Dan? I've never been to one, but I, I think I basically get it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, bar mitzvah, bat mitzvah, baz mitzvah, you've heard, you've heard them all. The, the bar, you know, the baz, the bat for the three Jewish genders. A little bit for yeah, everyone. Yeah, I think a little something for everyone. Yeah, go ahead. They're inspiring for so many reasons. The dance, the music, the attire... Is this where the circumcision takes place? I think so, yeah. Probably, yeah. Probably. Yeah. I don't know I don't know if you know this, you know, but uh, the Jewish people, they, they just have a real gift for rhyme. And this one particular bar, bar mitzvah that I was at, um, I heard these two ants, they, they gave the most beautiful speech, a poem. It was really, it was poetry mm. more than a speech. It was like listening to Bob Dylan if he were wearing gold shoes. Right, I can imagine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And sparkles. Dylan and gold shoes and sparkles. I, I, mm-hmm. I can feel the moment you're describing. Um, anyways, it, it, to say it, it was inspiring is an understatement. Uh, anyways, the very next day, a, a client had approached me after the passing of their lizard, Gordon Gecko, and, uh, and, and I was so inspired by the, the bar mitzvah. It was just like a new dawn for me. My, my creative juices were flowing like Manischewitz. Would you like to hear an excerpt from that? Oh, I, I do. I have to concede, I don't know that I'm totally emotionally available to fully process it, but I think our listeners deserve the opportunity to hear what it is that you do. So if you're comfortable, by all means, please. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you for respecting the art. <clears throat> He was our friend. This is the, the, the lizard, of course. He was our friend, oh so small. Came to us one year in fall. We remember it so, that fateful autumn. Died on the couch under Grandpa's bottom. Ah, oh, it makes me feel like I myself am under Grandpa's bottom. Hmm. It's a warm, secure place. A tad bit suffocating, but I, you know, I know where that feeling's coming from. Your ability to make us feel 
like we're all under grandpa's bottom. I mean, is that really a metaphor for your genius as a pet eulogist? Hmm. It's certainly exemplary of my gift. Mm. Yeah. To be able to, to put you in that place. I don't think many people can do it, but I think that's why I am who I am and doing what I'm doing. Like, I have to ask, and if this doesn't work, you know, we can strike it from the record, but like, do you have people who feel like I do, where they're like, I didn't even know that I wanted to feel like I was under grandpa's bottom, but now that I'm there, that's the place for me. Like, that's my safe space. Usually when we think of grandpa's bottom, we think of a happy place. And uh, to sort of flip that, you know, on its head, as it were, and, and, and... To flip Grandpa's bottom on its head, you mean, right? That's right, that's right. Yeah. To, to do that is, it, it, I think it, it, it really makes you think, really makes you reconsider Grandpa's bottom. This dives into the metaphysical, and we don't have to talk about it if you don't want to, but I do have to ask, can you speak to the religious dimensions of what it is that you do. I mean, the spiritual dimensions are so clear from what you've said about grandpa's bottoms, but the religious side of it, are you comfortable with it? Can you talk about it? Yeah. I mean, I think there are, there are many religions out there that don't recognize pets as having souls, right? I mean, ancient Egyptians did, of course, they would, you know, uh, entomb a cat with their pharaoh. But I think, I think since then we've lost our way. And, and you don't really see it. I, I, for, I, for one, I would love to see people just, you know, buried with as many animals as possible, right? Save up all the animals you've had for your entire life and just put them in the casket with you. I would agree. And I would take it even a step further, if you would be willing, that you know, our pets should be buried with as many humans as possible. Mm. I imagine you heard about this story out of Azerbaijan where the cat was buried with many pharaohs instead of the pharaoh being buried with their many cats. You don't have to confirm this, but I was told that you were indeed the officiant at that ceremony. Is it true? What? Well, I, I, I can't confirm or deny that, but let me, let me just say this, Dan, as, a, uh, as somebody that has you know, a polyamorous relationship with many, many pets, I, I hope that what you say it comes true, at least for me, you, know, you sort of you know, put your plastic jingly keys in the, in the fishbowl, you know, what happens at PetSmart stays at PetSmart, that's, that's about all I can really say of it, but... It really is a special time, and I hope we'll be able to stay together for eternity. I know that when you were a younger man, that was tantamount to your motto, what happens at PetSmart stays at PetSmart. Is it still your motto? Yeah, yeah, it is. I also, I mean, I had to think for the Sizzler, too. Sizzler. But, I, you know, PetSmart was, was definitely up there. Definitely a motto. Sizzler. Howard, if this is too painful for you to grapple with publicly we don't have to 
Does dealing with the deaths of animals wear on you? It must take an emotional toll. Can you talk about it? I, I feel the pain of every client, every client I've ever worked with. Frankly, probably more than they than them, because uh, I'm I'm the one that has to put it into words. I bear that burden. But you know, as somebody with the gift that I have, it's just kind of what you accept. Hmm. It is indeed a gift. And I know you might be too humble to say it, but you've become something of a global superstar in this profession. With the help of translators, some of whom, I'm I'm told at least, have worked for the United Nations, you offer pet eulogies in, last I heard, over 20 languages. What sets you apart from the competition? It's hmm. a good question. I, mean, it, I, I am, you know, to to confirm. I am. Sometimes it's it's, it's sometimes hard to go places. Like I, I I can't really go to Saskatchewan anymore. I, I can get mobbed by you know dozens of people that recognize me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but that's it's the life you live. That is Saskatchewan. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's it's also Saskatchewan. They they are they they really lock in on you. What sets me apart? I mean, well, let me tell you a little story. You know I'm not one to name drop or to my own horn very much, but yeah, yeah. Um, since you brought this up, I'll, I'll indulge. Just the other week, I, uh, I got a phone call in the morning. I picked it up, and on the other end of the line, it was Vladimir Putin. Hand to God. Seriously? Vladimir Putin. Vladimir Putin called me on my cell phone. I have no idea how he got it. He probably already... Like his people called you or Vladimir Putin called you? He did. He did. He called me. I mean, you know, he's probably been listening to my phone calls for a while anyways, but he, you know, he just sounded terrible. He Mm. just sounded awful. He was just blubbering. He was blubbering. And and what it it sort of came out was that his, his French bulldog, Mutt Damon, had been just just pancaked by a dump truck. He, he was awaiting a burial, but he just didn't, he couldn't figure out the words to say in Russian nor in English. And so, you know, that's why he called me. He said, he said get me the best. Yeah, that's what they call me. You know, I, I know I have a lot in common with him, but, uh, you know, how could I say no? Grief, grief is grief. You know, so, so I think that's what sets me apart is I, I'll look past those things. I think there's a lot of people out there that wouldn't, uh, you know, Howard Maple, he's there when you need him. Yeah. I'll bet you really delivered for Vlad. I don't know if I can call him Vlad, but I just, I mean, he must have, he must have felt so vulnerable at the time that I, I, I feel, yeah, he must have been right there for Vlad. You know, obviously because of the pandemic, I couldn't be there with Vlad. But from what I had heard, he, he, he ordered somebody to cry for him. It's just really just a, it's really a, a touching moment. Hmm. He's really a great leader. Hmm. So much so that he knew to call you. Yes, yes. Misunderstood, but, uh, you know, a genius in, in so many ways, uh, particularly this way, but maybe not the other ways, but this way for sure. I mean, say what you will about Alexei Navalny, but... Russian pets are so lucky. 
I know that you probably have a confidentiality agreement with Vlad vis-a-vis Mutt Damon. And I know that your eulogy for Mutt was probably to the moon. And I feel like it's not even my place to ask, but if you could just... For the listeners, in this inaugural Studs Shorts episode, can you just share a part of a eulogy that you're really proud of? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I'd be happy to. Yeah, Actually, I have one here that I was working on last night. I'll give you a little uh, taste of it. Thank you for all being here today. I know Holly Mandel is looking down on us right now. And I truly believe he knows just how loved he really was. He would have appreciated all this attention. He was kind and sweet and gentle. He's always up for a game of Frisbee. Yeah, I know. He loved to get his belly scratched. Yes, he did. Such a good boy. He never complained. He always appreciated his meals. Yes, yes, yes. And he'd be the first one to greet us every morning with the bellowing. We loved you so much. Rest in peace, my friend. Howard Maple, thank you so much for being our first guest on Stud Shorts. You're really a genius. Yes, I am. A a love channeler, did you say? Yeah, (laughs) that's what I said, yeah. Even though we'd only known each other for 17 days, <laughs> I really, I really felt, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm kind of choking up a little bit here, but I, I really felt like I had lost a best friend. My parents had this. <laughs> my parents had this idea to, you know, to hold a funeral. And my parents asked me if there's anything I'd like to say before we said goodbye to Whoopi Goldfish. (laughs) 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 Well, I looked down at the Ziploc bag of fur and bones she had in her lap. I told her what no one else dared to. I said, listen, Marjorie, Fuzz Aldrin isn't coming back. (laughs) 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 
I don't know if you know this, but the Jewish people have a real gift for rhyme. I... <laughs> Are you going to make a joke about my mother? No, 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 like no, no. It's about all Jewish mothers. <laughs> that's the place for me. Like, that's my safe space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I think often people when they think of Grandpa's Bottom they think of a happy place. Right. <laughs> excuse me. Excuse me. I really tried to keep it together. Welcome to Studs. Thank you so much for being here. I never thought I'd get you on the podcast, but you're here. So tell us, what's your name and how do you describe what you do? Flim Flambe. I'm a baby bear biologist. Welcome to Studs. Thanks for joining us. What's your name and how do you describe what you do? I'm Shlomo Feinberg-Smith, and I'm a social media consumer. Tilde Thumberson, two R's. I'm a professional snuggler. Shuck Shambles. I smell oysters. <laughs> Guthrie Bloatsfield. I spray cheese between Ritz crackers. Welcome to Studs. Thank you so much for joining me. What's your name and how do you describe what you do? My name is Susan McPuffinstein and what I do for a living is I put flour on toilet seats so the queen does not get a sweaty butt when she's trying <laughs> to go to the bathroom. <laughs> Sorry. Welcome to Studs. Thank you for joining us. What's your name and how do you describe what you do? I make music with my thought opera. And what did you say your name was? I said my name was Joe O. Fred. Joe Joe O? Yep. Joe O. Fred. Joe Ogent. Not agent, but Ogent. <laughs> Joe Ogent? <laughs> All right. Welcome to Studs. Thank you so much for joining us. What's your name and how do you describe what you do? Well, my name is Nancy and what I do for a living is I teach pigs how to put their pants on. <laughs> my name is Egg Yolk Magoo and what I do for a living is I am a veterinarian for furniture. Welcome to Studs. Thanks for being here. What's your name, and how do you describe what you do? My name is Carrot Magoo, and what I do for a living is I teach pineapples how to dance. No, my name is Vanilla Extract, and what I do for a living is I teach rhinos how to lay eggs. <laughs> my name is Pineapple Fredenstein. <laughs> Well, my name is Susan slash toilet dot com. And what I do for a living is teach laundry baskets how to open the door. Hey, welcome to Studs. Thank you so much for joining us. What's your name and how do you describe what you do? My name is Susan Redfolder, and what I do for a living is I fought in elevators to make people go to their stops quicker. <laughs> Sorry.
Okay, okay. Welcome to Studs. What's your name and how do you describe what you do? I need a bathroom break. Your name is Daddy, I need a bathroom break? Yes, it is. It's a weird name. Your mother must have really loved you. Yes. (laughs) All right. Do you want me to leave the microphone on? No! (laughs) (laughs) All right. My name is... Daniel Lasall, and I help Daniel Lasall with his studs podcast. <laughs> Should we put that one at the end? Yeah. April Fools from the studs podcast. Suckers. Well, they're kind of suckers. No, they're not. Why would they be suckers if they listen to your podcast? Hmm. Touche.